Hi and welcome to How I Got Back to Exercise with me, Sophie Barlow, where each week I speak to a different guest about their journey getting back to exercise. Along the way, we have got lots of chats and we always get some great tips as well. So thank you so much for coming along. And thank you also to audionautics.com for the fab music. Today, I'm talking to hugely experienced osteopath, Jodie Jacob, who shares his story with us about how in midlife he decided, with a bit of a nudge, to get back to exercise. He talks about his routines, his fallback option for exercise, and how his relationship with his body has evolved over his 71 years. It was such a pleasure to interview Jodie, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I'm talking today to Jodie Jacob, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today, Jodie, um, from Portugal. It looks a lot warmer where you are than where we are right now. I am so grateful for you coming on today to talk about your experience of getting back to exercise. So Jodie, like me, is an osteopath. So it will be really, it's always really interesting to kind of go through these health journeys as a health practitioner, because you're you're slightly aware of exactly sort of what's going on with you and also how you might be advising yourself if you were one of your patients. So I'm really, yeah, I'm really grateful for you coming to join us today. So before we get started, I was just thinking I would love you to talk a little bit about your experience kind of your history with exercise really so kind of going right back to the beginning you know as a child and teen I mean have you always been sporty? Well well first of all it's great to be here and thanks for inviting me I'm really honored to be here and I I like to talk about exercise because I think it's like the, the the best thing you can do to stay healthy and and to to stave off, you know, for healthy aging. I've always been, uh, as a child, I was extremely active, always outside, hated school, jumping out of trees, you know, playing baseball, football, uh, swimming, everything like that. And I, I remained pretty active throughout my 20s. Even when I was at the BSO, I was active playing tennis and squash. In, and that was way back in 1974, can you believe it? And I qualified in 1979, been practicing ever since. I think I've seen over 150,000 patients or something like that. That is Crazy. amazing. But, <laughs> but, you know, along the way, I've, got, I've had seven kids and uh, and I, I had a heavy, I liked my work. I love working as an osteopath. And I got to the point where I was seeing 10 to 15, sometimes more a day. And you just get into that and you've got seven kids and you've got mouths to feed and you've got the kids are going to school and they need something for Christmas and et cetera, et cetera. And I let the exercise slip uh, for about uh, 10 or 15 years, I would say, you know, and I stopped exercising and, and, and being sportive as I was before. And of course, over the years, I put on the, the kilos, the pounds, and um, I, I started to go out. I started to get bigger trousers. I started to hate to go shopping, you know, for yeah. trousers. I let my wife do the shopping because I didn't want to actually put them on or anything like that. And then about five years ago, it, I was in the Algarve and now it was Christmas, it was about Easter time and it was really hot and I was coming up a hill back to the car and I was exhausted. And I thought, you know, Jody Jacob, you gotta do something, you know? 
You're an osteopath. You're a healthcare professional. Please get on the bulls. So, and also I was, I was approaching 70 years of age and uh, I wanted to be able to play with my grandchildren. So that was also a motivator. I wanted to stay active. I wanted to stay vital. I wanted to not be, a, I wanted to be active for my wife and my kids. So about five years ago, I got back from the Algarve to Kaiskaish and I joined the local health club which included um, a pool and a sauna and a hydro, a hydro pool and machines and classes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there sounded like there was a moment then that you walking up the hill a bit out of breath and you were like, wait a minute, I've got to make a change. And I mean, had it crept up on you before then? And had you just kind of been aware of ignoring it? And I guess, had anyone else mentioned it either? You've got a big family. Did they kind of gather around and say, hey? Yeah, well, it was, was, um, you know, it was lingering in the background. And I kind of felt a bit despondent. I thought, well, you know, I tried to cut down on the calories and it didn't really work. And, you know, I thought, well, it's hard to control. You know, if you're not doing anything, you think, well, it's not going to really make a difference and it's going to take a long time. And that's the thing. You've got to be patient. And, uh, and uh, um, actually, there was a, one of the receptionists at the clinic, I was getting a glass of water and from, the, from the, the machine, and she came over and she said, Dr. Jody, Dr. Jody, you're getting so fat. Nice. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, you know, yeah, you know, I'm putting on, that's my muscle, blah, 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 making fun. And I went back into the room and I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I got to do something. So a combination of my receptionist and uh, and my own epiphany that I had to do something about it, and it has to be like a it has to be something really strong inside of you, and vanity is part of it, as well as you know being happy and everything like that. You also want to look good. Let me just go forward a little bit, then I'll go backwards because I want to say about that receptionist. After I'd lost all my weight and gotten healthy, you know, I went I was eighty five kilos and I went down to seventy. Actually, I went down to 68. My wife said, that's too much. <laughs> Go back up to 70. You know? And now I can control it. I get on the, I get on the, the scales uh, regularly. And if it's, yeah. like, if it's less than 70, I know I can eat a little bit more, or have a little bit more carbs. If it starts to creep up to 71, I know I need to be careful. Yeah. But I went back to that, that receptionist and I said, Sophia, you know, you're the reason why I lost all that weight really how did that happen because remember the time you came up to me and you said gosh you're really fat dr jenny and she she turned red but you did me a favor and i really meant it i wasn't being sarcastic or anything like that i really meant it thank you for being truthful because you know you can, sometimes you need to be sometimes you need to hurt people's feelings in order to get them to get to move to the next step sophia was part of that process but mostly it was like thinking about getting to be 70 years old and not wanting to be creaky and wanting to play football with my with my uh, my grandsons and my granddaughters. Well, sounds like you had like lots of kind of motivators there and then thinking kind of ahead and then you were like so I went to a gym so what oh. was yeah what was appealing to you what was yeah you tell me. Well, what was appealing was uh, 
first of all, you get into the discipline of it. Yeah. And once you start, you can't, uh, once you, you're into the habit of it, you've got to do it. And yeah. I was, you know, in the early days, I was doing like six or seven days a week. But let me say this, being an osteopath, I knew that I had to start very slowly. So yeah. the first year, all I did was sauna and swim. And I started not even with swimming, but with walking in the pool. Brilliant. Yeah. So I, because a, a mistake that a lot of people make is that they go to the gym, they do too much, and it, it kills them and they never go back again. I knew that mistake and I started walking in the pool and I would walk five or six uh, laps. And then I started to swim, uh, breaststroke and backstroke, 10 breaststroke, 10 backstroke. And it was okay. So then I got flippers. So I could do it, you know, with flippers, you get a bit more strength in your, in your, in your legs. Yeah. And then I got flippers for my hands as well. So I was using more force. Now, for me, this is a tip I give to my patients sometimes. A lot of people don't like to do crawl or breaststroke because it upsets their neck. to go from side to side. So I bought a snorkel. Absolutely amazing. A Speedo. Get Don't get the cheap brand. <laughs> get the Speedo, <laughs> which is a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it. And I could do 20 laps without taking my head out of the water. That and during crazy. that time, Sophie, I'm also... You also get into meditation. So I was focusing on my breath or focusing on a word like gratitude or love or thinking about one of my friends who was uh, who was ill and needed some good vibrations. And it was a really I used it as a time to uh, to meditate. Let's face it. If you don't, it could be really boring. You've got yeah. to find a way to make it interesting. Patients will ask me quite often, you know, what is the best exercise that you can possibly do? And kind of obviously we know, haven't been around the block of it and, you know, the research enjoyment is essential. So I'm That's always it. saying, you know, you've got to do something you enjoy, but actually swimming, if I had to say one, I would totally say swimming. Yeah, I would I would say swimming, but first thing I would say is the same thing as you. You have to enjoy it. So when patients say to me, you know, what should I do? I say, what do you like to do? Well, I like to go for a walk by the by the seaside. You know, yeah. maybe you can go for a walk by the seaside with uh, with a kilo weights in your hand or use the, the ski sticks. In yeah. fact, it's part of the sports equipment, right? Yeah, and it, yeah. it works. It I mean, really works the upper part of the body. It was interesting um, what you were saying about getting the snorkel as well, because I think that there is a point and I don't know if it is age or, uh, you know, kind of desperation almost. And you just decide you're going to get back to exercise. And actually it is the people who just do their own thing a little bit and they just focus on what their body needs and what they need. And they'll go to that yoga class and just sit and watch some of it and do some of it and work with what's right for them. And they won't mind that they you they might have felt stupid before, but you just get focused on what you need. And I exactly. love to hear about that snorkel. And I tell people, you know, a lot of people can't do uh, breaststroke or crawl or backstroke, but they can walk. And walking in water is one of the best things that you can do. And people think, oh, well, if you can't swim, you can't do anything. But actually, you can. And water is a great medium to actually remind your body how good it feels to move and yeah. take pleasure in those movements. Because yeah. as we get older, 
lots of people, it's like every everything hurts, right? And like when you're in water, it's like, wow, it feels so good to move. And when your body remembers that, it creates that circuit again. And that's what I try to instill in the patients that you don't have to swim. You know, you can just kick or you can walk, you can walk in front, you can walk backwards, you can walk sideways, you can kick, you can move your arms and you don't have, you, you can do the hydrotherapy, you know, like yourself, I love water. And lots of, lots of women who would like to go into the pool, don't do it because, you know, it messes up your hair or you got to blow your hair again. And it, it takes a lot more time than guys. Yeah. Do you know what? I just think that that is a consideration for a lot of people. It is. And you, there is that there is an element of kind of the faff, isn't there? And I mean, especially here when it's getting dark in the evenings and it's really chilly and, you know, just the idea of swimming at your well, kind of local swimming pool is is quite different. I hate cold water. The pool, the, the temperature of our, our pool is 24 degrees. Um in the, the, the big swimming pool. In, in the hydro pool, it's about 28, uh, which is a little bit more. And in the massage pool, it's like 38. But the point I want to make is this. When I, did the, when I went into the big pool, I always went into the sauna first, which, which people find a bit strange. They say, well, you know, sauna you do at the end. No, I do my sauna in the beginning. And when I get to the pool, it's not cold anymore. It's refreshing. Yeah, because you think there's going to be that contrast, but actually, that's a it's a welcome and contrast. It is fantastic. It's I because I don't like cold. I I you know like a lot of you were saying a lot of people when it's cold outside you don't want to go into cold water, but if your local club has a sauna as well, do the sauna first. Ten minutes in the sauna, jump in the pool, and then uh, if you do it the other way around, the problem is a lot of people leave the sauna and then they're still sweating for twenty minutes afterwards as well. Yeah. So I like to do the sauna in front. I was going to ask you because you were talking about um, earlier about sort of diet and exercise and talking about kind of fiddling around a little bit with your calories and not, you know, not quite sort of cutting it until you exercise, but also at the end of your journey, being able to kind of almost tweak it where you, you know, you could, you're really in control of it. And That's right. I, I, do I started off in a, in a pretty, pretty basic keto diet. So yeah. I was really into keto and the bulletproof diet. And I was having bulletproof coffee in the morning, which I love, which is basically coffee with some coconut oil and some uh, ghee butter in it. But you've got to, yeah. you've got to use a, a wizard, right? Otherwise yeah, you just see globs of oil there. And people, people say, oh, you know, f you know, those oil in my coffee. Yes. And it actually takes, if you whiz it, uh, it actually gets creamy and it tastes good and it gives you enough energy until lunchtime. Yeah. Really good energy because when you're burning ketos, ket uh, when you're in ketosis, you're burning fat and your yeah. brain works really good on, on ketosis. And um, you probably notice people who come into your, your clinic in ketosis, the, the demographic of those who are losing weight and they haven't had breakfast and they come to see you at 11 o'clock and you can smell the ketosis on their breath. Right. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. Quite often, and as you mentioned, you know about people kind of getting injured, like literally throwing themselves into the gym. And I sometimes sort of talk about, you know, trying to sort of get the habit of the gym 
and then build it up slowly and that honestly a whole year of just like you're swimming I just was like that's that's music to my ears really because I do see a lot of people who do and it's such it was, a shame isn't it it was a whole year of swimming because uh I, you know I wasn't I didn't want to hurt myself mm. and when I went back to the gym I searched for uh, a personal trainer that that was known for being really good at making sure you didn't get hurt you know that wasn't into performance so I wanted someone with experience and uh, who would be the boss when I was doing the weights would basically make sure that I was uh, doing it properly. So you went sort of from your swimming and then, yeah, tell us the so next part. The of swimming, journey. of course, at the same time, I was cutting down on my calories and I think, mm -hmm. or carbohydrates. For me, that's the key. Whatever diet you're on, you've got to cut down on your carbohydrates. And, and and try to make sure you don't get hungry throughout the day. So have things things prepared that you can eat that will will stave off your hunger um, so you don't go home and you know stuff everything into your mouth. So I think it's important you don't get hungry and it's possible if you know what you know if you if you read around it and stuff. And basically I stuck to I, I stayed with protein vegetables and and fats. Uh, ice cream actually uh, was on my diet and chocolate and a couple of glasses of wine in the evening even uh, and over the four years you know I'd lose one kilo a month two kilos half a kilo slowly I started to come down and I got to the point where I was 70 kilos and I went into the I went into Zara you know you have Zara in in the UK as well yeah yeah and I went into the men's section and I enjoyed looking at the trousers it was really a pleasure. The fact of, you know, really taking myself in hand and saying, look, you're going to do this, join the club and, and pay the money for a good club, make that initiative to do it and it becomes a habit. And then yeah. when you don't do it, you're, you're, you kind of feel bad. You no. Know? So you're really into it. And are you, did you get to the point where you're kind of like almost missing exercise Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, you, you get a bit upset. I mean, you get a bit obsessive with it, you know, I get, <laughs> you have to find the time. It's like, maybe it would be seven o'clock in the morning. Maybe it would be between an hour and a half. I could squeeze in at lunchtime. Maybe it would be at the end of the day. But yeah, I think in the beginning, there's a, there was a certain amount of obsessiveness to it, which actually I didn't mind. And also uh, obsessiveness with looking at the, uh, the 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 scale, seeing my weight go down. I was just so thrilled to see it go down. Oh, that's really yeah. I mean, it's that can that can be like a real motivator. And I have spoken to people who, yeah, kind of kind of start that journey and get fitter and fitter and leaner, and they keep going, they keep going, they keep going, and then they get injured. So I guess with your expert knowledge, do you feel like you've managed to sort of row back from that sort of precipice? Yeah, because there's always something, if, you're, if you know that you need to do the exercise, there's always something that you can do. For example, yeah. during COVID, they, the club was closed. Uh, so we did, I did exercises in the living room with my daughter. Yeah. And that was fun. It was like fun to do it together with, with my daughter. And when uh, when you get injured, and I've been injured as well, uh, you have to find alternatives. Yeah. And my alternative, my fallback always for me, 
is like the sauna and walking in the pool. Yeah. So that's yeah. really, you know, you can do that almost in any condition that you're in. And uh, if if your up if your lower body is injured, you can always work on your your upper body. So yeah. I've always got like, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of these around. So oh I work yeah, you got these. your stretchy bands. Amazing. I work with these in the clinic. I show mm. my patients this. I have it at home. I have a balance board that I use. You yeah, know, a wooden yeah. balance board. But I think the thing that really helps my patients is the fact that I've been through the journey. And I say, look, look where I was five years ago. You know, if I can do it, anybody can do it. That is. And do you feel like you're in a good place sort of maintenance wise? So you're like doing the levels that you want to do and you've reached your goal now. Well, there's, I think there's always, you know, the goal, the goal, the goalposts shift all the time, because especially as you get older, you have a different body. And you have to uh, you have to change the the rules of the game, so to speak. Yeah. But at the same time, you've got to to, to strive to be as fit as you can and push yeah. the envelope. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can't. I can't do what I did ten years ago or twenty years ago. And and I'm not. Some people are really despondent about that. They say, <laughs> "Oh man, you know, I can't play tennis or I can't do this and this." Well. You, you just have to find out what you can do or can do. Yeah. And sometimes maybe it's just something that you would consider 20 years ago. You think that's nothing, you know? Yeah. But and today so it's really something. And it's this regularity. It's the get into something that you enjoy. And I, I enjoy the sauna and the swimming and, uh, and the, the feeling that you have when you come out of the gym. Yeah, really that's good. a that is a really good backstop. So would you say, I mean, would you say your relationship with your body has changed then over the years in terms of exercise? And it sounds to me as if you've reached, you know, kind of quite a peaceful place, not, you know, well, like a I, I'm peaceful, peaceful only because I have to be. If Because if I push too much, I'm going to, I know I'm going to injure myself. Yeah. So, I, I'm kind of like, I think I'm actually kinder to my body, to tell you. Yes, yeah. You know, before it was more a drive and you, you know, to do an, to another, do 20 more sit-ups, you know, see, see if you can get those abs going, you know, on the tilt board and that way. And now it's like, you no, know, it's like I have to work within these limits. Yeah. And to stay fit. Because if I go outside of those limits uh, with the body that I have at the moment, I'm going to injure myself have to kind of know what your limit is don't let anybody push you you know if you i always say to my patients you know if you can't run then then walk do but do what you can do the the key is movement because yeah. people are we talked about this earlier in our conversation people are allergic to the word exercise I know. Uh, so what can you do to move can you yeah. go for a walk uh in nature and okay, can you go for a walk in nature with with some dumbbells, one kilos, or use the use the sticks, or maybe take your bands with you, and and while you're walking, use the bands as well. Yeah, and just to yeah, I just I really like like yeah, just being resourceful, and also yeah, that yeah, just being kind. When you said I'm a bit kinder to myself, like that's just that's got to be uh, good, hasn't it? Yeah. I, well, especially when you're seven. Right or seventy-two. <laughs> it's like because if if you try to do too much, 
you're going to suffer for weeks, right? So I yeah. think it's kind of a, a, a conditioning built in. Yeah, you and get my, wise. And yeah. my wife helps me as well. She says, she says, Jody, you know, that's a bit too much for you, man. <laughs> it so, is helpful to have another set of eyes. Um, it is. Before we finish up, I, Jody, I would love if you have got anything, kind of, if you had to say one thing to the listeners of, you know, what might help them, kind of, maybe either get start getting back to exercise or maybe keeping at it. What What do you think is the most valuable thing you've kind of learned on on your most recent journey? Well, first of all, don't give up trying because, you know, before I started exercising, I think I tr- I sort of made an effort to do it a dozen times or 15 times or 20 times. So you start to kind of think uh, you're not going to do it. You know, you don't keep your promises to yourself, you know. And what I would say is keep on going because one day it's going to click. One day, you know, it's really going to click and you're going to see why you're doing it. And think of it as a sacrifice for your future self. That's the, you know, it's like you're doing something for yourself in six months or a year or five years. You're making a sacrifice, but it's a good, and but at the end of that sacrifice, it's going to be really good. You're going to be feeling better. You're going to be looking better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to sleep better. You're going to be able to have more interaction with your kids and your grandchildren. So, it's like the sacrifice that you're making now is uh, is going to bear fruit in the future. And you have to be patient. And saying that you don't have time is ridiculous because the people who are the busiest in this world, they always exercise. All the great CEOs and, and who are, you think they, they'd be so busy. How do they have time to exercise? They all find time to exercise. Also, by being by exercising, it's the best way to keep your cognitive skills as well. Nothing has shown, uh, they've done tests with those little games that you play and the mind games and, and Sudoku and chess. Well, all of them pale in comparison to exercise. Exercise is the best way to keep your cognitive facilities as you're getting older. Jody, thank you so much for coming on today. And that is just packed full of brilliant advice so i can't actually wait to re-listen to this myself (laughs) i just want to help people to get started because you can do it if i can do it you can do it guys i mean that's great advice so thank you thanks so much